Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. For it seems now more certain than ever that the bloody experience of Vietnam is to end in a stalemate. This is as close as we can get to the base of the World Trade Center. You can see the firemen assembled here, the police officers, FBI agents, and you can see the two towers. A huge explosion now raining debris on all of us. We better get out of the way! I'm right, he's left. Let's talk about it. Alright guys, this is uh, our political episode for the week. If you didn't catch the last two episodes, um, kind of the new layout that we're going to do with the channel is two episodes a week. Uh, we're going to pick a hot topic, um, either important historical event or uh, cultist topic, serial killer topic. And uh, I'm going to do the research on one, do a whole little like docu uh, documentary on a topic. And then the next episode, Ray's going to do the exact same thing. And then once a week, we're going to do a political topic debate uh, showing our personal beliefs, um, whether that corresponds with the rights views or the left views. It's really our own personal beliefs on that as well. Um, and so this is our first political topic that we're going to do starting this new kind of timeline. And uh, we really wanted to lead it off with the, uh, from some of our fans out there, uh, kind of really excited about when we start talking about this concept and this topic. Um, so first one is with the overturning of Roe versus Wade last year and the rights that states had to determine the laws of abortion state by state versus a federal law against it. Uh, really didn't want to talk about the Roe versus Wade aspect of it, but wanted to talk about our own personal beliefs on abortion. Uh, me personally, very, very pro-choice. Um, Ray, what are you? I am very pro-life. So uh, we're going to talk about it, get into the FNs and butts about it, and start the argument. So, um, you know, I kind of kick off since I've been talking since we started. Um, again, like I said, very pro-choice. Um, again, I'm a f adoptive father of two, adopted both my kids through foster care. Uh, we did talk about in, uh, the Manson episode on foster care reform and all the different issues within our, uh, foster care system throughout this country. Um, that has kind of led into my pro-choice beliefs even more so than they used to be. I've, I've been pro-choice since uh, the very beginning, since kind of my uh, deconstruction of Christianity. Uh, I kind of... Uh, with Ray talking in uh, one of the last episodes about his, you know, he kind of hinted towards his religious beliefs. You know, I have a background of, uh, I was a youth pastor for many years, very uh, strong into the Christian faith. And since then, I've kind of went through a deconstruction myself of a 
you know, more of a atheist slash agnostic view, uh, leaning more toward the atheist view of it. And, you know, when I was a part of the Christian faith, I tend to be, uh, I was lean more toward your pro-life, but uh, as I kind of gained my own voice and my own opinion about the world and the beliefs that we all have, I've very much so leaned toward the, and definitely identify better with the pro-life movement, or pro-choice movement, sorry. And uh, that is... Uh, what I strongly believe in, you know, I think there's different factors when it comes to abortion that we have to lean into, you know, it's her body, her choice. You know, I don't think that men in politics should have the right to tell a woman what they can and cannot do with their body. On top of that, there is huge overarching topics on um, whether a woman is raped. And I know that's a terrible topic to talk about, but you know, it happens in our society. It happens every single day. And, you know, if a woman is pregnant through rape, I don't think that she should be forced into carrying that child to term. And also there's medical needs for abortion. Um, you know, if that mother is not going to live through the um, birth of that child, why should we allow the mother to die? just to have to put the child into foster care, into a broken system. Also, into a system of if you are sitting here and you have, you know, you know you're not going to be able to take care of this child and um, you get pregnant on accident. You know, I get that there's standards and there's things at play, but I hate the argument that abstinence is uh, the answer because I'm sorry that every single person on earth has that need or desire to get that darwin like uh need for desire and sex is one way to get to fulfill that darwin need for desire um you know it's sex friendship uh relationships and drugs that is the four main topics that lead into the darwin like need of desire and you know if you you have come from a troubled past troubled childhood um you know, building relationships, building friendships, it's kind of a difficult thing for you. So either have sex or you do drugs. Yeah, that's a sad fact, but I would much rather somebody have sex than to touch a drug. A uh, strong believer in that with uh, parents with a uh, past drug platform and, you know, coming from a part of the country that, you know, I, I know many people that's overdosed. Uh, I'd much rather you have sex than to feel that need of desire because we all have it and we ought to fulfill it. And if you're not going to be able to, if something happens, if an accident happens, if a birth control fails, if the condom breaks, if uh, all measures are failed and you know that you are not in a mental state or a mental capacity or financial capacity to be able to raise that child, I don't think the answer should just be put it up for adoption. And if that's your answer, I personally believe that the answer is to put the child up for adoption. Then I want to, <clears throat> you're, you have no excuse for your name not to be on a foster care registry. Uh, I need your house to be open for foster care. Um, you need to be, be a licensed foster care. You need multiple kids in your household at all given times. And that's your answer to that. Um, again, uh, we talked in the last episode of Manson. 
I adopted both my children through foster care. And uh, that is something that, you know, I adore both my children. But also, uh, my daughter didn't really get to, I got her the day she was born. I, I didn't, she didn't have to experience the troubles of it. But my son was nine years old when I got him. And he experienced multiple years in the foster care system and the troubles and pain that he's seen and the trauma that he has that we still have to work through on a daily basis just from that foster care system. If that is your answer is to give them up and let somebody else that wants them to allow them to be there, then again, strong belief. Show me where your name is listed on that foster care registry. Uh, why aren't you at the foster care support groups? Why aren't you in that class? Why aren't you there? Because if that is your answer and you are not on the forefront, putting your house, opening your house for these kids in need, then I'm sorry. Every argument that you have, I'm not really going to listen to because at the end of the day, you're all about talking about solutions, but you're not about to be in the solution. And that is something I strongly believe in. I'll believe in it until the day I die is, you know, foster care systems broke. Uh, there's a lot of trauma there. And even those kids are wonderful. The, some of these kids are absolutely wonderful. The system that they have to go through breaks them so fundamentally that any that a lot of the potential they had for their future is lost because unless the one in a hundred million chance that you get the family that cares for you and you happen to get one of the few that decides that they're doing it for the paycheck, that potential is not there anymore. You're, you're living a life in and out of the systems. You're, you're living a very hard life. And honestly, I, it's sad to say, I think abortion is the better answer there. If we're going to have a system that's so broken, abortion should be there. And like I said, medical reasons for abortion. I, with some of these states outlawing abortions, um, I find it absolutely horrendous. You know, my wife, for instance, cannot carry a baby to term. And if she tries, it's going to be very de deadly for her body. And, you know, if we live in a state that outlaws abortions, if my wife gets pregnant and I do not have the money to drive to another state for her to have a legal abortion, for one, we're putting up factors that lead to unhealthy, unmedical abortions, whether that is the different techniques or trying to hurt themselves to make themselves have an abortion. So you're leading women to the only ability for them to live, to live, is to hurt themselves. But then on the other aspect of that is, if my wife will not live to carry two terms, and the baby will possibly not live to carry to term, why is getting pregnant now a death sentence that you're able to write your name on? And I can't get behind that. Again, the same aspect of rape. You know, if you're raped and you you get pregnant, I, I don't think that carrying a baby to term is 
able. I, I don't think that it's the right thing to do. And, you know, there's the whole aspect of, well, let's write it in the law whether they're raped or not. You know how many rape cases a year get thrown out due to lack of evidence? What happens then? What happens when that woman that has been traumatized from rape gets her case of rape dropped out due to lack of evidence because of some oversight that our government, our our justice system has overlooked? And now that woman is pregnant. She has trauma regarding that pregnancy. But everything got thrown out in court due to lack of evidence. So if you want to write it in the court, you want to write it in the law. Then if it gets thrown out of court, technically it does not stand up, stand up to law. So now that woman should be forced to relive her trauma of her rape every single day throughout her pregnancy. To then have to give birth to just put that child back into a broken system. Because she's not going to be able to handle that child. She's not going to want to handle that child if that's the trauma that she has gone through. So your answer as the pro the pro-life answer is, if that happens, it's unfortunate. But we'll just put the baby into a broken system and set that baby up for failure his entire life and put them through trauma and pain that they should not have to withstand. Because I think it's wrong. And I just, again, it's a topic that, and discussion that I cannot get behind. Uh, from here, this point, I'll kind of let Ray go into his viewpoints on it. And then, you know, we'll start the argument. We'll bring it to the round table together. All right. Yeah. So, like I said earlier, I am very pro-life. And... I just kind of want to preface this that saying I understand that there's exceptions to every rule. Like you were saying, rape victims or incest victims or medical necessity should be excusable. I'm not going to discount that. But just to kind of get into my background on it, and like you said, we did kind of get into our religious beliefs in the past video, but I, for me, I grew up Southern Baptist. so if that gives you any kind of indication how I grew up. And around about the time I was 13 or so, I thought I had all the answers. I became an atheist for several years and kind of kind of came back to religion. I wouldn't call myself Christian just because I hate the churches, can't stand churches, can't stand the crowd of the, the people that go to churches. So I'm just kind of like my own independent thing. but. Even when I was an atheist, I still could never get behind the whole pro pro choice arguments outside of what we said earlier. So it's not really the whole aspect of rape victims and stuff like that, which like you said, it was it's a very, very hard topic to talk about. So I just want to kinda of go to get that off the table so we don't really have to get into it. But it's more or less the cosmetic abortions that I just can't get behind. You get people saying, oh, I can't have a kid because it'll ruin my career, it'll ruin my figure, or for whatever reason, people just decide, I'm going to go kill this child. I just can't get behind that. But yeah, so it's like, it's 
it's just stuff like that I can't get behind. I just can't wrap my head around it because even the last little bit of pro-choice I had in me, whenever I seen the birth of my son, it all just went out the window. After seeing the seeing my own son, it just blew my mind that that's something more than I can love than anything else in this world is my own child. And I think a lot of a lot of stuff can get change people's minds when you experience something like that. Even for you, whenever you've seen your daughter for the first time, I'm sure it just melted your heart. And I I don't know. It's like not much more than that, really, because like I understand a woman gets raped and she it should be abhorrent to tell her that she needs to carry that child to term. I agree. But it's it's hard for me to use that as an excuse because I'm not discounting anybody's sexual abuse. I, I don't want anybody to think that. But with the amount of false rape accusations, it's kind of hard. I'm not saying it's hard to believe anybody because, of course, you believe everybody to an extent. You know what I mean? But it's not even really just the abortion issue that comes along with that. It's the whole systematic issues that need to be resolved that is like a secondary issue that follows abortion around. You know what I mean? I get it. Uh, I think my biggest issue with it is I I do, uh, you know, I do agree when. Like I, I don't mean I don't mean to interrupt you, but like for example, say you you had sex with with somebody and they wound up pregnant and they want an abortion but they can't have it, so they're going to say even though you had consensual sex, you raped her and got her pregnant. Now I'm going to go off and get this abortion that because I don't want this kid. It's it's stuff like that that it's hard to. I mean, you know there, what I mean? there's also there there's also the side of it as you know, rape cases that get thrown out every single year due to lack of evidence. Yeah, I don't don't want to discount those by any means. And and see, that's the issue that I run into is, you know, it, let's be honest, if we're talking about abortion, right, we're Mm -hmm. talking about the aspect of our personal beliefs, which which we both got out. But then we also talk about, you know, the law that needs to be there. This is kind of what this podcast is. What we we're about is let's talk about the law. Let's talk about what should happen. So in aspects of like what I just stated is if, which what we've talked about before this podcast, we've talked about, you know, the week leading up to, you know, a fan reaching out, letting us know that, you know, they're very excited and they cannot wait for us to talk about an abortion episode. Um, you know, and you look at the aspect of how this podcast works. We have to talk about it. We have to talk about the laws. We have to talk about what this country should do. Correct? Yeah, it shouldn't and, just be, oh, I feel this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's, and, and ne- that's a negligible argument. Cause exactly. It's, it's, it's too objective to be like, oh, I'm going to write laws because of the way somebody feels. You know what I mean? Exactly. And the, and the issue I have with your argument, for instance, is I do commend you. I, I do. Uh, commend you, even though we have different viewpoints, I commend you on being able to recognize that rape, incest, or medically needing an abortion is uh, the rightful cause for abortion, correct? 
Yeah, and I think that should be the only rightful cause. Exactly. So, but let's talk about it. If we're going to do black and white, for instance, it's like that, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, I like to bring up an example, if you don't care. Yeah, go ahead. And a kind of a what-if scenario is, uh, God forbid this ever happens, but what if my daughter came to you as her uncle, as her confidant, and tells you that she was raped, and we go through all the legal proceedings, she was raped, you believe her, you see the pain and the trauma that she had went through, you see everything, right? Mm-hmm. And then it gets to court, and it gets thrown out of court for lack of evidence, because the hospital messed up, or a policeman messed up, and it, it gets completely thrown out, which happens every single day, correct? Yeah. We can agree that criminal cases get messed up 24-7 in this country. Um, and she's pregnant. But per lawfully, she was not raped because it got thrown out of court, right? And you can't go on the word of somebody. If we're, if we're going to write it in the law, lawful rape is lawful rape, correct? For right. somebody to be able, if you're going to write it in the law, for someone to be able to get a rape due to, get an abortion due to rape, it has to be lawfully proven. Because if not, then you're going to have every Joe Smo on the side of the street say, I was raped. And that's just going to be the default answer. Correct? Yeah. And that's where the system is continuously broken. So, See, but at the same time, for that instance, in that scenario, what are you telling your niece? See, like, in my mind, it shouldn't just be a black and white. You win the trial for sexual, sexual abuse. And then when you win that case, that opens you up to being able to have an abortion. You should be able to spring in the doctor that did your rape kit, assess your injuries, and be able to use that as proof enough, no matter what a okay, cop says. What if, what if the rape kit doesn't come back anything because you took a shower? Because most women, after rape, tend to immediately run to a shower and shower and they try to clean themselves and wash themselves and that destroys 99.9% of evidence and 90% of rape cases that get thrown out is due to the fact that the woman feels so disgusted by being violated by a man against their will and they jump into the shower and they destroy all the evidence because they themselves need to feel clean because of the abuse that they had just went through that's a psychological issue, and I'm I'm not saying that you know that is right or that's wrong. That's that is something that they feel the need to do, right? Yeah. They destroyed every every bit of evidence, and let's be honest, you know, with most men, you can overpower a woman pretty easily. There's different muscle stature. There's different bone stature. You know, we are inherently stronger than most women, right? So. There is a lot of chances when it comes to rape cases where that woman felt dirty afterwards and she felt absolutely violated on a absolutely cellular level that she destroys all evidence without realizing that she what she is doing because most of the time it is not a 45-year-old woman that is, speaks about rape every single day it's the 18-19 year old woman that or younger that mm-hmm. is now you know, they're not well versed in realizing what they are doing. 
Right, but at the same time, I don't think this should just be left up to a single, you know, one judge, and you come in, two lawyers arguing about if this happened. I don't think it should be left to that low of a court system. It should have multiple approvals that and ways to overcome that to be able to say yes regardless of the situation discounting that aspect of it you can go murder this child okay so that, we that, should that, that, go... that's that's where my mind can't get past okay like, so we not, should not go discounting into the, your... yeah. not dis- like, i'm not discounting the example by any means because it would be devastating but i get what I, you're it, saying but also we should go into the bureaucratic system to where you know, we have a guy on death row for 17 years and he's sitting there waiting to die on the death penalty for 17 years. So your answer is to do it on a bureaucratic system that takes forever. You have to fall into a docket in order to get your court case and court case and court case and court case and it should go on a multi-level system. So this woman should have to carry the child God forbid six months versus, you know, the whole nine month term because we have to go through a system of bureaucracy in order for her to get the okay of, hey, you know, this man took everything from you. Everything. Now you're in thousands of dollars of medical debt because God forbid you don't have insurance when insurance is way too expensive in this country. So now you're thousands of dollars in the medical debt, and we're now seven months into this. Now you can have the abortion at seven months old because we finally decided that you're worth it. See, but that gets back to the whole aspect of it's not the abortion that's the issue. It's these systems around it that makes it a huge issue. So if our court systems is that screwed up, then that should be the conversation we should be having at that point. Not whether you should be allowed or not. You know what I mean? I also get it, but also being pro-life, you know, there's a little, you know, celebration anytime a state outlaws abortion. And if that's your viewpoint behind it, you know, even though I don't agree with it, I can, you know, I can justify it looking through your perspective. Yeah, but even through your perspective, our state's abortion laws, I was actively against when they came out with them saying that even rape isn't an excuse or incest is not an excuse to get an abortion. I was actually against that. And I think that, you know, for your instance of like your law, like what you believe in until you can fix the entire picture, which I don't even know if there's a solution there. I don't know if that, that is even in our wheelhouse of fixing. I don't think there should be a law on abortion until everything is fixed because if you if you introduce a law into a broken system that then perpetuates a woman then what's the point in introducing the law right see but at the same time it's not sorry i lost train of thought there (laughs) but like if instead of having all the you know, the protests for abortions and stuff. Why don't we have, it's not as flashy. It doesn't make good Instagram posts or Twitter posts. So why not have, go out there and protest for fixing our legal systems? Like you brought up death penalty. I'm against death penalty, which is shocking to most people on the right wing (laughs) because it's, you can't 
say without a f- shadow of a doubt this person did this crime and deserves to die because a guy in a black robe said so. Like, there's always that 1% chance that, you know, hey, maybe he was innocent. And you, I can't justify killing somebody if, through a system because there was a 90 to 99% chance rate that he was guilty. But what was, it, what, what was that one chance that he wasn't? I get it. But I also, uh, not kind of getting into that because I want to do a whole episode on the death penalty. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. I think that uh, it will surprise a lot of people that we do have the same viewpoint on that. Um, mm-hmm. And I would love to be able to speak up on that. But uh, same viewpoint of, you know, going back to what you said on, you know, why aren't we doing protest on the legal system? And why aren't, you know, because it's, it's not as flashy to the um, Instagram posts. I get it, but also, are there laws right now in the country that are affecting women's right to abortion? Yeah, but yeah. and then you got to think too. There's also laws in the books saying that I wouldn't have a say in that decision. Like if, like, say we there was consensual sex, there was no rape involved. Why should a woman be able to go into an abortion clinic and get abortion without me approving it? Is maybe you don't okay. want the kid. Maybe I want. I would love to raise that child, whether we stay okay. together or not. Now, let Let's talk about the changes that woman's going to go through. Uh, her body changes, her hormonal changes that will never go back. Uh, every aspect of it. Is, let's talk about you know the medical debt that she will go to. If you're not married, then you do not assume assets of that. She does. So you have the right to say you want the child. So fuck the woman. Fuck everything her body's about to go through. You're not carrying anything. To you an don't extent. have the pain. To to an extent? Yes, because that was a decision that we, we both made to have consensual sex. And, okay, so she should carry the burden it, of it, and you should be able to decide that she should carry the burden of it. Yeah, I think it should take two signatures, yes. Because if we both jointly made that decision to have that, and we both jointly assume responsibility whether we stay together or not you know i would rather that kid stay alive in my house i will assume all the financial and responsibility other responsibilities to take care of that child for the rest of his life you know it where's my say because that's also me too i get it i mean I, i get that aspect of it but it's the whole fact of you know, I mean, there's a level of responsibility you have to assume too, because you yeah, made that no, decision. I get that, but then there's also the fact of, um, so you know, like I know this is going to seem far fetched, and you'll you'll try to poke holes in it, but it's the whole fact of, so you're my best friend. We're ride or die. We've created a life together that can almost not exist without each other, correct? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you may, you you go buy an AR-15, we talk about it, and, uh, you know, 
I voiced my concerns saying, hey, I don't think you should do that during this time. You know, you're going through some troubles, trouble times. I don't think you should do it. Then you go out and shoot up a complex. Now I'm the one punished for it. How would you get you know, punished for and that? It's the same issue. Is The way I look at it is, you know, the aspect of, like, abortion on the aspect you just talked about is, you know, I understand that you, you know, you're like, I'll take on the 18 years of financial burden, but I don't think she should be allowed to have the abortion. Okay, so she should permanently change her entire body for the rest of her life. Take the financial aspect out of it, of the financial aspect of having a baby, which is absolutely astronomical. You know, it's massive in this country. It is insane how much it costs to just give birth, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, which, I mean, you know, very well (laughs) at the very moment with a newborn child. With insurance, uh, it's still outrageous. Yeah, let's, let's forget the aspect of the financial aspect of it, but this woman should absolutely have to, again, change her body forever, change everything forever. And she's on birth control, which is medically sound to be a pregnancy preventative. And it fails. Your condom fails or, hey, let's be honest, you forgot to put the condom on. You know, how often does that happen? How often does it happen that you have consensual sex and the man forgets to put the condom on, right? Right. Or pulls it out or or pulls it off during or, like I said, it breaks during. So now this woman should have to completely change her entire life, even though she signed up for consensual safe sex. Mm -hmm. She signed up for safe sex where she doesn't get pregnant, right? All the aspects of it, of Birth control, condom, everything, right? Your condom breaks or you pull it off during the middle, correct? Mm -hmm. You pull it off during the middle. You forget to put one on. You tell her you put one on. Uh, You know, some women have almost like a vaginal blindness where they don't feel as much as another woman does. So she can't tell whether or not you have a condom on or not, correct? Mm -hmm. That happens. So dark room, completely pitch black room. Ninety percent of people have sex with the lights off, right? Mm-hmm. So she thinks you have a condom on. You tell her you have a condom on. And these are things you have to think about in law. You know, I'm not, I'm not attacking you personally, right? Right. But you know, I'm talking about, for instance, of a guy says I have a condom on. They're in a pitch black room. She believes the man. He doesn't have a condom on. She can't tell. So now, without the second signature, her birth control fails, whatever the instance may be. Now she has to go through physical, permanent changes, hormonal, permanent changes. Having a baby to a woman is traumatic. Oh, I know. Yeah. And so now she has to go through all of that. Because some guy lied. Now, apart from the but, lying aspect, because I can't make an argument for that, because I honestly just never thought about it. So I don't want to put words in either one of our mouths on that issue. But aside from, yeah, I got one on. Aside from that, yes, I think you should not be able to allow to have an abortion. 
because it's two consenting adults knowing the risks. Whenever you get signed up for birth control, the doctor tells you this is not 100% effective. Whenever you put okay. a condom on, you know that's not 100% effective, but you still signed up for it. That is a level of responsibility you should grow up and take. Okay, granted, now, but let's let's be honest. Granted, yes, if, th- that you, you to both parties know the 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 extent of the act they're about to have. They know the, that this can produce a baby. That should not be enough of an excuse to say I don't want it because okay, so I'm just not let's, just because I'm not responsible enough or blah 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 blah. That is a choice you made, and you better own up to it. Okay. Because that, because so, that, because that, because that's not the kid's fault. Then okay. now he has to so, die because two people were uh, weren't responsible enough. So I want to do two different scenarios here, right? Okay, is talking about the law, right? Mm-hmm. Law is very black and white. Not a lot of gray area in law. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, for instance, the issue with where you said you couldn't really make an argument about, like, I understand you can't make an argument about it. I'm not going to beat a dead horse, and I don't want to, but what does the law say about that? If we were to outlaw abortion as a whole, and what you said was, you know, like, I do like your give and take there. You know, you were like, hey, you know, maybe abortion should be okay as long as it's two signatures, right? Mm-hmm. I like that give and take there. What happens if you lie? What happens if, you know, again, a what-if scenario? You, your viewpoint on it, your heat of the moment, you're drunk as shit, you lie about a condom. That should be rape at that point. I agree on that okay. aspect. You see what I'm saying, though? But, but the issue is, she conceded to it. Right, but to, but, but you got to think of laws, too. If you're not in the right sound of mind, you're not responsible. That's like that's why, I mean, just as a side tangent, that's what lawyers are there for. It's because if you take a lawyer, that's you saying, I'm not competent enough to argue for myself. But other than that, just, just as an example myself, what if my son or your son comes to you crying saying hey i just got served this lawsuit or i'm going being hauled off in handcuffs because i had consensual sex with this woman and we both both knew the risks but she doesn't want the kid anymore because she says she's not responsible enough now i'm getting drugged off in handcuffs because this this woman wants an abortion and i said and i don't want it i would love to have the kid what would you tell your son at that point or what would you tell my son because that's I mean, a false honestly, that's a that's a false rape rape accusation just because someone won an abortion. Honestly, like you may or may not like my answer, but the issue like, granted, I have granted, with he, that, like granted, your son would assume all responsibilities of taking care of the child. The way I would look at it is, you know, if that's the laws that we're having to live within our system, is let the system run. Because so, so you would you would have your son in prison because of a false rape accusation. It's the same aspect of you think a woman should carry a baby to term due to a failed rape case. 
is the same instance. You know, genders aside, what you just said is the same thing I said about my daughter. Right. And, you know, that's my daughter where, and, that's, to, and that's where I was getting to the point of the system's broken. It's not the abortion. That's the issue. It's the whole system and, surrounding it. That's what I, get I that. want. I, that's what that's that's where I want to fix it. I get it. And I 100 percent agree. I do want to fix it. But. Until that it gets fixed. There's not a solution with abortion other than it needs to happen. Because the issue is what exactly what you just said about, you know, your son getting carted away to jail. And what I said about my daughter having to be forced into the scenario that she shouldn't be forced into. It is is the exact same solution. The, both of those solutions is due to a failed system. And without a failed system, you cannot have laws on abortion. You know, if, if, if we could fix the system, I'd be more than happy to do the give and take kind of like what we were doing in the yeah. give and take on, you know, where it can benefit both parties. Because I'm also sorry that if the father of the child says, hey, I do not agree with her having the abortion. Right. And she is trying to apply to have an abortion. If that is the type of law that we went through and what you stated was, you know, you think that there should be a two signature point on that. Correct. Mm -hmm. If she is willing to put her signature down, but he is not. And so, okay. At that point, you know, I can. I don't like it, but I could side with you on, okay, if he will assume financial responsibility for birth or half, 50% of financial responsibility of the medical cost of birth, mm -hmm. and he will become primary parent and he will assume all custody of, of child after the fact, then we'll, you know, make her carry the term and then let's talk about post-treatment for her on therapy, counseling. Let's get her the best medical treatment that she can, right? To be able to get past that point because, again, there is points of post, you know, the... um. I forget exactly what it's called, but you know, where postpartum women have postpartum. And I think that that, you know, we need to talk about those things, but now let's say for instance, that, you know, the husband or the boyfriend or the father of the child is, I won't sign my name to it, but I don't want the kid. Like I won't sign up for the kid. I think that by default should immediately allow an abortion. Because if he will not assume responsibility for that child. So essentially a man is sitting there saying, hey, you know, we did this deed. I got you pregnant. You have the baby. I don't want anything to do with it. I'll come around every now and again. But that's your shit. Good luck. Yeah, I don't think that because, should be allowed. 
I mean, I think an like, abortion should be allowed at that point. See, like, because say she wants the kid, he doesn't. That's where child support comes into play. They will force you to be responsible. But at the same time, just as a side tangent on child support, if we allow abortions, then we should not allow child support. I I think those two should run congruent to each other because say if I mean it also is case by case scenario I understand but if we allow if abortion was legal and that's the mother's way of saying I don't want responsibility without the father's consent without his way of saying maybe I will take care of it then we should not also force the fathers to pay child support whenever he wanted the child they went through, like I say, as a divorce, and even if he would have been a great father, financially, responsibly, whatever, and he doesn't get custody of any part, and the mother gets full custody, because that's what happens in this country, men get overlooked, then they should not also be forced to pay child support. I agree. I think if you know, I do agree that's kind of a a solution that I could get behind is if we're going to allow abortion, outlaw child support. Because um, that would you know, also of course fix a lot of follow the sums too, because there's a lot of women that, that just doesn't like the husband and will mm-hmm. put those kids through trauma of not being able to be around their father and causing a lot of psychological issues on them kids. Just because the mother didn't like the father? Whenever oh, no, you should be responsible I, I, to be the parent? <laughs> I 100% agree, and I think that that would be a good middle ground. You know, it's if an abortion is allowed without the uh, father's consent, and we, we just allow abortions, then the abortion side of the father's viewpoint, which I mean, I'm a guy, like I get that aspect, you know, the man's side of the abortion thing is the child support. Then I, I could, I could definitely sign up on that is, you know, if you are taking a 100% custody of this child, or 50-50 custody of this child, then there should be no child support taken because you decided to have this child. Yeah. As if... And and that's something I can sign up on, and that's something I'll sign my name to, you know, like, you know, if that's something that would make both sides happy, where, you know, or at least in our argument, my personal side and your personal side, not so much speaking for the entire, you know, two different parties of the American system, but, you know, if we're sitting here saying, you know, okay, I'm cool with abortion as long as we take away child support. I'm cool with it as long as it's not like a 70-30 split. Yeah. You know, if you're looking, See, if I'm, you're still wanting responsibility, but you're not doing 50-50, if you're going for, you know, I want them in the summer, you get them every other day of the year, eh, I think you should pay something. Because you're acknowledging the want for the child without taking the brunt of the child. You know what I'm saying? See, it's like, at least um, at least for me, outside of rape, incest, blah, those scenarios, I will never sign up for elected abortions outside of those reasons. But if that was the compromise to have, 
then you can't because because every, everybody always overlooks the father side of the stories. Mm-hmm. So, granted, yes, there's a lot to do with the mother during childbirth. I understand that completely. I'll watch it firsthand. But to to completely discount the father's side of the argument, it's just that that's a big issue that I see. And if you're saying the mother can just say, "Hey, I don't want this kid. I'm gonna go kill it," because yes, that's what you're doing. I'm going to go kill this kid. I don't care what you have to say about it. Then that's that's just main that's one of my main issues with it. So if you could say we can't have abortions, I want to take full responsibility of this kid, this child from here on out. You don't have to have anything to do with them. I cannot ask you for a dime because you had you had a say in making this child too. So Long story short, get my my train of thought back on track. You, it can't be a one way street because I've seen I've seen it firsthand. A good friend of mine has he has three sons and a daughter. They had a rough they had a rough divorce because the mother just didn't want to be with him anymore, and they took she took custody of the kids when he would have been able to support all of them and wanted to take wanted to be able to be there for all of them she said no she wants 100% custody now he's forced to pay thousands in a, a month in child support I don't think that's fair no long story like short I said, I think, <laughs> yeah and like I said I think that that would be you know again I think that would be a good compromise I don't think any, any man has the right to tell a woman what she can and cannot do with her body. As the same aspect, I don't think any woman has the right to tell a man what he can and cannot do with his body. Or his child. But, because that kid, that, that kid's not 100% the woman. It is, yeah, it, it is half the man, too. So he should have at least half a say in the fucking matter. And But like I said, if you're not willing to sign up completely 100%, and not require child support of the woman because it's exactly, you know, the the same argument both ways. Mm-hmm. Then if you're not going to sign up and the only answer is, well, the dad only wants him like 20% of the time. He's not willing to take 100% responsibility of it. The woman doesn't want it. So, you know, the answer is either have an abortion or let's put him into the system. Let's have an abortion. And again, I think I can, I I think I speak a little bit more on personal experience on that. Hmm. And, you know, you you don't really have that personal experience. And and I'm not discounting that at all either. Yeah. The foster care system. But if that's the system where we're going to put a child into, that's not the answer. It's 100% not the answer. And I can speak on that on personal personal beliefs and personal values and not only uh, my own personal just, uh, children being in the foster care system but friends and all the people that I met and all the children I met in the foster care system you know there's different ch- uh, foster care support groups there's different foster care meetups and I've met thousands of kids in that foster care system and I'm sorry it's not the answer Right, but at the same and, time, at the same time, I don't see 
them fixing the foster care system anytime soon because it's a cash cow. No, and, and I not, not even just a cash cow. That there's a lot of child trafficking going on in the foster care system too that they're not going to want to get rid of because exactly they're making and a lot the of issue money off is that, though, but, but I don't think that being the reason that all these kids should be murdered. Okay, because so we should just put the kids into the child trafficking because no, we value their I, no, life. No, I agree. We should, that I trust me. I agree. We should reform the child care system hundred <laughs> percent. You know that. And until that it gets reformed, until it gets reformed, why put the kids through the trauma? Why put them in the risk? What's See, the you, point? But you also don't have to. There should also be ways to get them into like charity foster care systems. That's not government run. Okay, so we just, you know, put them in these, you know, charity funds that hold maybe 100 kids per charity fund because it's a tax write-off. And the thousands of kids, you know, let's be honest, when I was going through my foster care training, um, to be able to adopt my kids, there was 35,000 kids in foster care. Mm -hmm. There was 12,000 home slots. Across from the federally ran and those charity ran programs, where those are foster programs, mm-hmm. there was fifteen. There, there was twelve thousand slots. That is eighteen thousand kids that have nowhere to go. Nowhere. What do you do? What do you do with eighteen thousand kids? Eighteen thousand kids that have nowhere to go. Do you have bunk beds in your spare room? I would love to have foster beds in my spare room. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but yeah. why don't you? If that's the argument that you, if that's the argument, and I'm not a personal attack against. Oh yeah, you, I, know. I want, I want to get this straight. But if that's the argument that you're having, show me the bunk beds. Yeah. If you don't have them, you do not have the argument. Right. Nothing you can say on that argument will allow me to believe your argument. 18,000 kids in the state of Tennessee in our state 18,000 kids mm-hmm. doesn't have a place to go that includes those you know 12,000 that have a place that includes all the group homes that includes the foster homes that includes the charitable foster homes, the the state-mandated foster homes. That includes the state-funded group homes. That includes the charitable group homes. 18,000 kids have nowhere to go. There's, there's nowhere. Do you know how many times my son slept in the back maintenance closet of a Department of Children's Services office? Probably over four months of his life, he spent sleeping in a pallet in the back of a maintenance office in a Department of Child Care Services office underneath bottles of bleach in the grime sleeping next to the mop bucket. So the the logic of, you know, well, it's not going to be fixed anytime soon and we should put it into these charitable charitable funds. And we should allow, we should not allow abortions and we should just allow them to go into the system if need be. You're putting 18,000 kids sleeping under bottles of bleach and harmful chemicals in the back of Department of Children's Services offices 
because there's nowhere for them to go. Because people that believe in that also do not have an open door. Right. And, which... and that right there, that right there, nothing that can be said will ever let me fray my mind from legal abortions. Because I promise you right now, those 18,000 kids that are sleeping in the offices of the DCS offices all across our country, those 18,000, I can only speak upon one state. I cannot speak on every other state that is involved. But if that's 18,000 in one state and we're not even a big state. Yeah, because I, I couldn't imagine eight, how it is in California or New York. Or, exactly. But 18,000 kids that you and, would rather sleep in an office. See, but, and I'm not this, don't take this as a personal attack on you because it's not. But when I hear that, only thing that can go through my mind is the thought process of, okay, there's 18,000 kids without a home. The, the foster care system is trash. It needs to be abolished or reformed. The only thing that went through my mind when you said that is not, not you. But your solution is to put them against a wall and fucking pull a bolt in their head because we don't have the fucking room. That that's all that went through my head as someone that's pro life. And I, I mean, know that sounds I know that sounds gruesome there's... and I didn't want it to sound gruesome, but I mean honestly, yeah. that's 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 where my mindset went. Because but we I mean, don't we don't have the you're... room. People's not opening their doors up enough. Which like I like we've discussed before, foster care is on my bucket list to do. I would love to adopt mm-hmm. kids. Especially if I couldn't have my own. Because yeah. I want well, kids and I love kids. Especially if you couldn't have your own. Because fuck other people's kids, right? Let's have our own. And that's not me, a personal yeah. attack against you. That's, that, that is the mindset. And that's the mindset that has created this problem. Is I can't have my own. I can have my own. But if I couldn't, I would foster. But because I can, ah, I'm good. I'm right. good with mine. And you know that's not me. So, I still want to adopt a child. I, yeah, I get that. And and I, I know that 100%. But that's the issue I have is, you know, when you look at these laws, it's not just me and you. Yeah, I know. It's everybody. And you are fundamentally, mentally and emotionally breaking children because they're... So you're looking at a child saying, hey, your parents don't want you. Um, the state put everything in their act to make sure that you lived. Um, what we think of you is for, let, you see this maintenance closet back here? You see where we just put that dirty mop water? I want you to go lay in it. And uh, that's your home for the next eight months. That's your your home until your parents get it together. That's your home until someone decides that they want you. That's your home until that guy that said that uh, abortion shouldn't be there decides to open his door. And so you're fundamentally breaking these kids, you know, like I don't want to air out problems, but like my son has major, major mental trauma. Let's not even talk about like mental trauma that he has from his past, uh, but his biological parents, but let's talk about the mental trauma that the system put him through. You know, it's a, it's a system to prison pipeline that we're creating. And so I understand the whole aspect of, Okay, well, you don't want to back them up against the corner, put their bullet to their head. I get that, but also you're telling people, "Hey, good, great job. We did our part. You're alive now. Fuck you. Get in the fucking closet. Don't have anything to eat because we don't give a shit about you." 
And I understand the whole aspect of we need to fix the foster care system. And I don't think there is a, I don't, I don't think there's a solution on the board right now. I, I don't think there's a solution that could actually benefit it. I, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. But if that is the answer is, you know, let's, let's abolish abortion and let's just continue to like pour these kids into this broken system. How is that a solution? But let's pour them into a broken system where you're going to mentally break children and put them in pretty much in prison their entire life. Let's talk about group homes. The success rate of group homes is less than 10%. Group homes is a prison pipeline. They are bullied. They are taught shit that they shouldn't be taught. These are kids that, you know, let's not even talk about the kids that are coming from, a you know, parents that didn't want them from the get-go from early age. Let's talk about the the kids that grew up in drug houses and trap houses and grew up with murderers and everything under their son. Now they're put into a group home and now they're sitting here telling your child that you decided that you didn't want to have and that your wife didn't want to have, but the state said that it couldn't be afforded is now in that house and he's taught on how to make meth. He's talked about how to hijack cars. He's talked about how to commit murder and get away with it. And he has taught all these systems and now he's in this group home and he's one of the lucky 12,000 kids that get put into the group home and isn't sleeping in the office of a DCS office on the cold tile concrete. Because I don't know if you've ever been into a DCS office. They don't have cots. They sleep on the, they sleep on the tile. Mm-hmm. And now these kids are taught on how to do all these things. They are not allowed to do anything other than go to school, come back to the group home, sleep on their bunk bed in a room full of hundreds of other kids. And then they go to school, come home, go to school, go home, go to school, go home for their entire life. And all they're taught is school, which we all know how our public school system is, which ding, 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 really want to do an episode on the public school system. Because I am, again, both of my kids are homeschooled and, or one of my kids is homeschooled, one will be. I, I do not believe in the public school system whatsoever. And so all the things, like think about all the nasty crap that you learned from being in the public school system. Because, mm-hmm. man, we've lived a whole lifetime together. I, I know the stuff that we've done. And, it, you know, public school system kind of reenacted all that, you know. Yeah, And then you go to a group home that you get taught all that. And then all of a sudden you turn 18 and all you know is the nasty. You had no one actually loved you. And where are you going from there? Are you going to go to college, become an upstanding citizen and do everything you can? Or are you going to do the only thing you know to survive? And that's to make meth and sell drugs and get get ahead in life. You know, it's because that's the only thing you've ever been taught. You don't know how to do things the right way because you've never been taught. and. I'm sorry, but, you know, even out of the 12,000 kids that have the luck to be able to be placed in some of these homes, group homes, foster homes, 60% of those are bad. So you're saying the answer is to sleep into, you know, sleep in a DCS office or 60% of you are going to be in a shit ass home. So that's 40% of 12,000 out of 30,000 kids. 40% of 12,000 out of 30,000 kids 
have a chance. Everybody else, good job. We made sure that you were able to give, you know, be alive. But good fucking luck. Because we don't give a shit out about you. And I think that's the biggest issue when we talk about abortion. You, the pro, I'm not talking about you personally, but the Mm -hmm. pro-life, 90% of the pro-life movement is, they only give a fuck about these kids while they're in womb. The second they're out of womb, let's wash our hands of them. And until the post-birth, Problems are fixed. An abortion ban cannot and should not be spoken about. And that's my personal beliefs. See, I I get that. And I know you don't feel this way, but I don't think we should go up to them 18,000 kids and say, you're better off dead than being here. Because granted, Right, I understand completely what those kids go through, and I'm not discounting that, but I don't think we should walk up to them and say, you'd be better off dead. Because I, cause a lot but of, if you lot asked of, them, they would probably agree. I, like I said, I don't know how, I don't have first-hand experience like you do, but I don't. I cannot get my head around thinking that they would. Uh, when I'm telling you right now, man, you, you be in some of those support groups, you you be in those groups that those kids talk about it. It will it will change your entire life. It, it really will. Like I I've been pro pro choice for a very long time before that, but dude, it <laughs> it fucking hurts seeing these kids that they agree, and that's fucked up. That we have created a system that they agree, and a lot of that, you know, a lot of that could be fixed too with just reforming what we have now on a location by location basis by getting the right people in there to help those kids instead of people that's just and, there and for it, a paycheck. And I hundred percent agree. Because that's it, what I'm saying. Like, because it takes the right right person to go in there and be want to help these kids. I understand, but mm-hmm. we shouldn't leave it up to bureaucratic system. To say, oh, I gotta go watch these damn kids now for eight hours and go till I can collect my pension. And I agree. And but like I said before, is until we fix that problem, I don't think an abortion ban should it should even be on the table. Because, I mean, let's be honest. How long does it take to fix that big of a problem? Ten years. So ten, fifteen, twenty years. Honestly, to create the fix, this magnitude of a fuck up as a country that we have created. So we're sitting here saying, hey, no abortions. We'll start to work on this reform. So if you're born in the next five years, you're fucked. If you're born in the next 10 years, you're going to be halfway fucked. If you're born in the next 15, you may be okay. I just, I don't, again, that's just something I can't sign up to, man. It's just, again, like, you know, I think we kind of move past the, you know, you you do agree on the ancestral and you agree on the rape and you agree on the medical. And I know the rape, we have some um, 
discontinuance of um, needs just due to the fact of, you know, if we're sitting here and, you know, false rape claims or rape that gets thrown out of court, you know, there'll have to be solutions on that in order to pass it in the law on what we can and cannot do to be able to solve those issues. But again, that issue, I think abortion, I think there's, there could be a laws around abortion, whether or not I agree a hundred percent with them. I think it could make both parties happy, but I think it would be one of those. We keep it as a non-abortion ban, put a pin in it for 20 years. Once you fix the, once you fix the other problems, then let's do it. You know, let, let's start talking about that problem. But until you fix those problems, you can't because the issue is once you're going to get your way of let's outlaw abortion, are policyholders or lawmakers actually going to go forth and make sure that the foster care system is fixed? Nah, they're going to be like, I, I got my way. I'm I'm out, you know? See, because, like, what I just want to make mention of, too, is, yeah, there's, what do you say, 30000 a year that go in the system? So I just want to make sure you got, I got that right. 30000 at any time. Okay. So any 30, second of any day, there's over 30000 Like, when I, when we were in it, they, they talked about the over statistic of 30000 as a baseline, but I think when we were in it, uh, they were begging people to add bunk beds into their house and even open up more space in their house. Yeah. Because I think we reached like 43,000 kids or something. It was an astronomical amount. That's a full one state. Yeah. See, like, because what I was getting to is if that's the statistic right now, there is a charity out there. I I don't want to wish I remember their name. But uh, Glenn Beck talks about it a lot. Um, so if anybody's interested, you can check with on his show and get the name of it because he they they do sponsorships for it all the time. But or at least just mentions. Uh, what he was saying is what they do is they go to all these women that's wanting abortions, and just gives them a free ultrasound so they could see the baby, hear the heartbeat, and I want to say the statistics of them changing their mind is eighty percent. So yeah. instead of saying, imagine when that mother actually sees the baby or the father sees the baby, that 80% of them change their mind. So that number could be a lot more astronomical than what it is now. And you're not even going to give them a chance. Instead of saying, instead of saying, you could be one of the twenty percent that makes it into the to the foster care system. You could have been one of the eighty percent that lived and had a healthy, happy life. And your plan is to say you don't get that option. You don't even get the fucking chance. And that's what kills me. Well, no. See, and well, see, that's the issue. Is these are the discussions I want to have, right? Mm. Is you know, let let's say that a new law is. Okay, so before you're allowed to have an abortion, you have to have a first ultrasound that the state will pay for, right? Mm -hmm. Every single health department across the country has a ultrasound machine. Mm -hmm. 
right? It's not really going to cost that much taxpayer dollars to. That is that is one stuff. tax I will be happy to pay. Yeah, exactly. And I hate so, taxes. <laughs> so let's say that you know, new law states we're not allowing abortions, but before you're allowed to have an abortion, you must have a ultrasound, mm-hmm. right? So it's a statistic from that charitable donation, like again, verbatim, like you know. I don't you know, don't quote me, but statistics. I I, I want to say that's the correct statistic. I don't okay. know popped up, so head, but just take that face value. So again, I think that's a a common ground law that we could really get behind is okay. So like we said before, with the man, as long as he's able to withstand all financial responsibility, then you know. As much as it pains me, I'd be okay with it, mm-hmm. right? But you have to have the ultrasound first, right? Mm-hmm. So Cause then a lot of you people, because I want because I just want to put this out there: a lot of women don't know they're pregnant until after the heartbeat's already there. Yeah. So you have the eighty percent that changes their mind, correct? Mm-hmm. So that's eighty percent that would take away from abortion, correct? Mm-hmm. And we're not getting into the incest, the, the rape, the medically need because that's something that we both agree on right so let's just talk about that statistic i think that would be a good law is both signatures as long as 100 percent if the man wants on the signature he has to take 100 percent of responsibility right if he is not willing to he then has to change take pay child support if the woman decides to carry the term mm-hmm. right because he, he he signs a rape parental rights the second he says no exactly and then do the ultrasound mm-hmm. right do the ultrasound um there's nothing there they still want an abortion and then the dad's not there now you're going i, I want to say too i want the man i want the man to have a second chance to agree to have the child Vice versa, when the the baby's delivered, or or, okay. or close before term, you know what I mean. I'm cool with that. I, I'm cool with I'm cool with second chance option. That. Like within the third trimester. Yeah, you get a second chance to say you want it. But if you say no, if the man says no, right off the bat, right, mm-hmm. and so. He says no, he'll sign his name to it. Or he says no, and the woman still wants it, right? Mm -hmm. So, either one of those options. He says no, I won't sign my name to it, but I don't want any any involvement in that child, right? Right. I think if he says during the first half of, no, I don't want any involvement in the child, I will not take full responsibility, I will not sign my name to that child, but... I don't want her to have the abortion. Then I think it should be relying on the woman because he is then from that point not doing it right. Right. I think that the the decision is then on the woman, and then if she carries the term, he is then allowed to make his second decision. But if she doesn't carry the term, he loses that decision because he decided in the get go that no. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then, you know, again, going on this, that 
statistic, it may be wrong, but if she says, you know, hey, you have, you know, you have to listen to the first heartbeat, you have to do the first ultrasound, that's going to cut it down. You know, if that statistic is right, that's 80% of women is just going to be like, you know what, never mind, let's have a baby, mm-hmm. right? Whether or not the guy's involvement in that is not, you know, whatever. But if the guy is saying, no, I don't want any involvement, but I don't want her to have an abortion, that, unless she changes her mind, that leaves the entire decision on the her. Right. I don't think that just so we can give him a second opportunity, we should force anything. That's not fair. Right. But if she listens to the ultrasound and he says no. So the only answer now is she still says no. She doesn't want the baby. The only answer is abortion or foster or put in them into the system, right? Mm-hmm. I think that should be left up to the wa- the woman. At that point, I would have to agree because the, because man, the, man, already my, said, the, man, issue, the man already said twice, I don't want that child. Or at least once. Because if he says no at the beginning and then she listens to the heartbeat and says that she still wants the abortion, I, he doesn't deserve an extra chance unless she changes her mind. Because they both made a decision at the same time. We shouldn't have to make her carry the term just to give him a second decision. That's not fair. No, I wouldn't say that. I would say he has to come in to the ultrasound appointment. And exactly. That's what I'm saying. But if he says no, no, then that is, that's, that's it. Right. And if she says no, then that's it. Then she should be given the opportunity to have an abortion or put them into the system. And that, that should be the decision because, you know, with my biggest part of it, again, when I say I'm pro pro choice, I I wouldn't, if, if my wife got pregnant and there wasn't, you know, if she was told that she was going to be able to medically, um, carry this child to term by some work of whatever higher power that's out there. I I, I would love that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm not saying, and that's why I'm always like trying to not downplay you on that is, you know, I, I can't have my own biological children and that hurts. But at the same time, if I was given the opportunity, I would want. Right. So I want to get that out before you know anybody tries to say anything yeah because because there's millions comes down, there's millions of pro-choice people that would love to have their own kids yeah and that's the issue is what the way i look at it is okay so i don't think a woman should have to be forced into doing a unmedical uh abortion you know because that happens every day there's yeah. women that die every single day from doing it so if you listen to the first heartbeat you say no husband says no or boyfriend or whatever says no then by that statistic, you got 20% of people still say they don't want it. I think those 20%, I think they should have an opportunity to have an abortion or put them into the system. They get to decide. Right. There should be no incentives because the issue is, the way I look at it is, let's split, split that 20% in half. That is 10% of our current births are going to be going into foster. And going into the system, and ten percent of the current births or would be abortions. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a good statistic to follow by. You know, what I'm saying it's 
It gives you what you want, me what I want, with the ability to, the mom gets to make the final decision. Right. And you're not getting every single kid in foster care, but you're not getting them not in foster care. Right. Because there's still women that don't want the child that are pro-life. I mean, there's women every single day that get pregnant that are pro-life and they give them up, you know? Yeah. So that statistic is there, but I just don't think that flooding a broken system is the answer. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, it's pouring gasoline on a fire. What's going to happen? It's going to get bigger. Yeah, because I agree the foster care system is broken, but it's what we got. And it needs to be reformed. And But until then, there has to be something. I agree. But there has to be an answer other than no abortion. But, you know what I mean? Cause, but, but at the same time, I don't want it to get misconstrued. I don't think one of the options should be no option for the kid, for the child. Because that is and I still, don't think that, cause that, cause that's still a living person. And I don't think that the option should be no option for the mother. Right. See, that, 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 see that, that's where we're at the same. Because that, that's, that's what it boils down to is you care about the mother a lot and don't get me wrong. I do too, but I still think you're still killing something. That's what, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's just, I think that's that just what I think that until that child is viable outside a womb, it's not a child. And that, I know that's, I know that hurts you. And I, I know when I say that I could see it on your face right there, that, that, that really bothered you. But I just, until that child is not viable outside a womb, it's not a child, you know, it's the whole fact of, you know, the spe- second the sperm hits the egg, it's not a child. It, it's not a child until that child is viable outside a womb. See, and, see, that's one thing I can, can see too, is yes, I think life happens at conception, but if that's, if that baby isn't viable yet, then it's, then it's not really a person. But at the same time, once it, once it is viable, I don't think there should be an option. It should be carried to term. Also agree. That's something I agree on. It's, you know, even though I'm pro-choice, I think once it is viable, I said womb. Um, you know, I forget the exact week mark it is, but once it's viable, I said womb. And it is viable, I said womb. And that woman has wanted an abortion since day one and didn't get it. Once it's viable, I said womb, pull that baby out. Yeah, because you can pull it out early. over the state. You can pull it out, pull it out early, put it in an incubator, and it'll still live. Exactly. But before it's viable outside a womb, which is in enough time, I forget the exact weeks, but it's multiple. Like it's kind of deep in. It's like half. You know. Yeah. Until it's viable outside a womb, I don't think it's person, and I think abortion should be there. I think. Once it gets past that point is where it gets muddy water. I don't, I think that's where I kind of fall into the, if they still want an abortion after it's viable, let's pull it out, figure it out. Right. But before it's viable, I think abortion still should still be allowed to be on the table. Right. Because at that point, it's not a person. There's nothing there. Yeah. That's a group of cells that's living together. That's just like the fucking zit that's sitting underneath your belly right now in your desk chair. That's a group of cells that's living. I don't have a zit. Underneath the table. (laughs) I make a different shirt up, boy. (laughs) They make medication for that. 
<laughs> but you know what I'm saying? That this is the groups of cells. It's the same as a pimple on your butt cheek. It, it, and that's not me being mean. It's just. But at the same time, the pimple, the pimple on your butt on your, cheek. The pimple on your butt won't grow to a human being, though. Yeah. I mean, if it's a tumor. It some tumors can grow exactly. hair. But, exactly. Well, uh, well, but I do think that that is a good, I, I think that's a good kind of middle ground. You know, it's until they're viable, I think the abortion system will be on the table. And I, I really think that we were able to reach a middle ground in a topic that, I'm going to be fucking honest, I did not see us reaching any sort of middle ground on. Right, it only took us an hour and a half, but that's a lot of conversations people's not having, or not willing to have. A lot of conversations, a lot of pain. I mean, honestly, like, the, the, because it is this a topic's hard, very painful. Yeah, it is a hard conversation to have. But it's, And I think it's especially between me and you, you know, you're the pro-life um, candidate that, you know, let's be honest, you were grateful to have your own biological child, and I'm the pro-choice that got to see the system fail. Right. And we both have our own personal experiences that, you know, I'm not downplaying yours. I know I talked a lot about mine, and I know I had a lot of emotional arguments there, but, you know, I have that experience, but you also have an experience that I, I will never have. Right. And I and it's something I would like to go back to the ultrasound thing. That's an experience I wish you could have. Because mm-hmm. until that moment, yeah, I knew I was having a kid, but it didn't feel real till then. Yeah, and, and a lot of women, is, a lot of women, women that have abortions don't experience that at moment either. And with like with me is, you know, I got my son when he was nine. I got my daughter hours after birth, but and you didn't even know that I mean, she was even a thing until a couple of days before. Yeah, and I was able to, you know, I was the first one to feed my daughter a bottle, but at the same time, hours after birth was that was it. That's all I got. Right. And then my son, you know, because I'm not his biological dad, I, you know, a child's life is 18 years. You know, 18 years old, you're a legal adult, and you can make your own decisions. And I sadly had to kiss away nine years, half of my child's life, due to not being his biological father. Right. And so I think there's topics that we both were able to speak on. And hopefully we, I don't know if we came up with a perfect solution or even a solution that's viable, but at least a conversation to lead to this country and thousands of more conversations. That's what I hope for. Exactly. But this is the start. And I don't think this is a conversation that's ever been started. Right. But, uh, I think that's where we're going to leave off. Um, really good conversation. Very happy with the way everything turned out. I'm, I'm glad we didn't just get into a screaming match and we ended up canceling this uh, episode just due to the fact that we hurt each other's feelings. <laughs> I don't know. That's what a lot of people wish would have happened, but I'm glad it didn't. I'm glad it didn't either. I think that's a testament on uh, our friendship and this podcast as a whole. I, th- I think that's the... A really a big testament on it. You know, this is, you know, like we said in the very first episode that this is, this is America, man. This is, this is what we stand for. This is at the end of the day, whether or not you're on the democratic side or the conservative side or, uh, anywhere in between, uh, at the end of the day, we're American and we have to be able to talk about things. And 
I think this episode was a really, really good judgment of that. Right. And just for anybody out there that's wants to learn more about that charity I was talking about, I just looked it up. It's called Preborn. P-R-E-B-O-R-N. <laughs> In case anybody wants to look into it a little more. And quit fucking dying. <laughs> there. Sorry, coughing. But... <laughs> but... <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to add before we head off? Right now, we're really just, uh, you know, we're, uh, we get on the topic of foster care system and all the pain that those people feel. Uh, I won't reach out to any of those listeners. I think that possibly may have to go through some of those issues or are currently even in those issues. You know, Reach out uh, at Lee Thompson seventeen seventy six on X. My DMs are open. Again, I've been through that system. I I've seen it firsthand. If you need somebody to lean on. You need somebody to talk to. Uh, you need somebody to get those frustrations out on. You you reach out to me. I'll be there. I'll be lending ear, and I will help in any which way possible that I can. I have a lot of contacts out there, and I know a lot of people in that world, and. If you need me, I'm here. Yeah, I just want to add uh, a lot of people do need to get involved to help out these kids. Whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, take a Saturday go help out the foster care home. At foster home. Uh, only thing I want to add is, you know, kind of my normal sign-off is uh, be good or be good at it. and Remember from you know, I'm right. He's left podcast. Not alone out there. Again, we're we all live under this in this great country, and we're all in this together. I agree. Well, like you said, you can find Lee at Lee Thompson seventeen seventy six. You can find me at Ray Green seventeen seventy six. Don't be scared to reach out. Your mental health is important. Good night, guys. Till next time. Have a good one.